You are listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast, where you can hear the latest messages and other conversations as we strive to go serve and love in our communities. If you want to know more about us, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org. If you've enjoyed our podcast, be sure to subscribe and check us out on YouTube. Well, chances are you're entering 2022 with a list of Worthy resolutions. Now, what would one of those be? Well, maybe to exercise more. Now, how many of the fitness centers love to see people like us come in the first of the year? You know what I mean? Especially if you have to sign that year contract. Ever been there and done that? And you may go once or twice and they just make a bunch of money. Amen? But that's a good goal to have. Some of you maybe to eat a little healthier. That's always good because most of my life, I always live to eat instead of eat to live. Anybody can identify with that, I'm sure. And then maybe some of you have a resolution to spend more time with your family. That's good. Uh, and, but while all of those are good things, there's an even more important choice we need to make. And my message for this new year in 2022 is new choices. Now, Tom Parker, in his book, And One Day, The Things Americans Do, notes every day in America... 108,000 of us move to a different home. 18,000 of us move to a different state. 40 Americans turn 100. 5,800 turn 65. And 8,000 try to forget their 40th birthdays. Every day in America, Americans purchase 45,000 new automobiles and trucks and smash up 87,000. More than 6,300 get divorced while 13,000 get married. Dogs bite 11,000 citizens, including 20 mail carriers. Every day in America, we eat 75 acres of pizza, 53 million hot dogs, 167 million eggs, 3 million gallons of ice cream, and 3,000 tons of candy. Now listen. And we burn 1.7 million calories while we're at it. Now, I bet those don't even out either, you know? Right? You know, every day in America, we're engaged, if you think about it, in endless activities, and we make numerous decisions. And the greatest decisions that you're ever going to make in this coming year has nothing to do with the car you drive, with the home that you live in, or the place that you are going to work. Look at this. The single greatest question you're going to face is this. Are you going to make loving, serving, and obeying God your highest priority, or are you going to allow your life to be once again swept away by the endless activities and concerns of everyday life? So if you have your outline... Are you going to experience God's blessings, right? Or are you going to experience his disciplines? You see, the children of Israel faced a similar choice as they stood on the brink of a new era in their lives. And they had a choice to make as they entered the promised land. Would they obey God and experience his blessings? Or would they disobey God and experience his disciplines, his curses? If you have your Bibles today, I want you to turn to Deuteronomy chapter 11 as we look at this new year before us. 
in the new choice that we have today. Deuteronomy 11. So let me just set the a stage for this chapter. The word Deuteronomy actually comes from two Greek words, okay? Deutero, which means second, and nomos, which means law. This is the second giving of the law of Moses. Remember what led to this point in Deuteronomy. The children of Israel had been enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. And then God sent these 10 miraculous plagues. You remember those against Egypt that forced Pharaoh's hand to what? Let the people go and be delivered out of Egypt. And then, of course, he miraculously just, you know, parted the Red Sea. And then as they were chasing them through the divided sea, then the Lord decided to close it down and drown all the soldiers. And now that they were through the Red Sea, they came to Kadesh Barnea, which is actually the entry point into the promised land. And at that point, God came up with a plan. He said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to send 12 spies into the land that awaits you. You remember this is in Numbers chapter 13. And to see what obstacles you might face. So they went there, 12 spies to spy out the land. And of course, they come back and 10 of the spies say, hey, listen, Man, it's bountiful. It's flowing. I mean, it's beautiful. But man, are there some obstacles. I mean, these are giants in the land. But of course, they had two other guys. Caleb and Joshua said these giants are like grasshoppers, right? But what happens is the people chose to believe the majority report. And as a result, they were sentenced to 40 years of wandering in the wilderness, missing God's blessing. So now the 40 years have passed. Those who disbelieved God had been disciplined. Their lives had been taken, and now a new generation stood again on the brink of the promised land, and Moses, an old man, stood before them and reminded them of the choice before them. Because for the last 40 years, they had experienced God's blessings and curses. And now Moses said, What do you want to face in the years ahead? Do you want to obey God and experience his blessing or curse God and receive his discipline? So let's look at verses 26 through 28 of Deuteronomy 11. Or again, as always, you can follow on the screen. See, I am setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and the curse, if you do not obey the commandments of the Lord your God, but turn aside from the way that I am commanding you today to go after other gods that you have not known. Now, there is no real deep theology here in this passage. This is a very straightforward proposition. If you want God's blessings, obey him. Okay? If you want God's curses, his discipline, disobey him. That's the way it goes. And today, some 3,200 years later, you and I face the same choice. So as you stand on the brink of a new year, you need to ask yourself, what do I want for myself and for my family? Do I want God's blessings Or do I want his discipline? What do we mean by God's blessings? Well, God's blessings in our life sometimes mean material prosperity. Now, I'm not a prosperity gospel pastor, but listen to me. 
You know, sometimes we run so far from the prosperity gospel that we sometimes miss an important truth that God sometimes blesses those who follow him with material prosperity. But the material prosperity isn't the only kinds of prosperity that God blesses uh, us with. Sometimes the consequences of obeying God include harmonious and fulfilling relationships with other people. Sometimes God's blessings mean a protection from evil and calamity in our lives. But this next one is one that I always love to have. Sometimes God's blessings results in just a peace of mind, no matter what is happening around us. It is so hard for us to block out the noise around us, isn't it? God says, if you obey me, there are some real tangible benefits you will experience. So let me ask you, simple. Do you want God's blessings in your life? Then obey him. Make him first in your life. Because there are real benefits in this life to doing so. Or do you want to experience God's curses? The curses of God always, right here, refers to God's discipline. Now, there are real benefits here as I talk about this. Listen to the words of the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 12, verses 5 through 8. And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. It is for discipline that you have to endure. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. I am amazed at the number of Christians who see absolutely no relationship between their disobedience of God and the problems that they face in their life. The Bible's pretty simple. The Bible says if you are a child of God and you disobey God or ignore God's commands, there are going to be some real painful consequences in your life. And if you don't believe that, look at what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, beginning with verse 7. Do not be idolaters, as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Now, that's a reference to what happened at the base of Mount Sinai when Moses was receiving the law. It goes on in verse 8. We must not indulge in sexual immorality, as some of them did, nor let us act immorally, as some of the Israelites did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. Now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks he takes a stand heed lest he fall. Paul is saying, God allowed these things to happen to the Israelites. He wrote them down in his book as a reminder to us of the consequences for disobeying or ignoring God. So my question is, which do you want to face the coming year? God's blessing or God's curse? You say, well, that's a crazy question. Well, 
It depends on how you really live if this is a crazy question. I want us to look at the pathway to God's discipline that the experience of the Israelites illustrates, okay? First of all, the pathway to God's discipline in your life always begins with an improper view of God. Instead of believing the God of the Bible, most people believe in the God of their own imagination. You see, they refuse that the God of the Bible, the God who is intolerant of sin, who is holy, who is totally impartial, most don't want to believe that. Instead, they have created a God in their mind who is just as arbitrary and tolerant of sin as everyone else. And that is the same mistakes that the Israelites made. Sure, they thought God would destroy the pagan inhabitants of Canaan for their idolatry. The Israelites, though, thought that they were the exception of God's judgment. They thought because of their special relationship with God that God's rules didn't apply to them. If you are a Christian, God's forgiveness means he has wiped away the eternal consequences of your sin. It means you're not going to hell, but being a Christian does not exempt you from God's very real and painful punishment when you disobey him. Amen? In fact, it guarantees that discipline. Because as the writer just said here in Hebrews, Hebrews, you mark it down, whom the Lord loves, he will discipline. Well, the second milestone on the road to discipline is an improper view of ourselves. And that is believing that the good things that happen to us are the result of our good behavior, our hard work, or just plain luck, rather than seeing the good things in our life as a gift from God. Again, the Israelites made that mistake also. In Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verses 11 to 14, listen to the word of warning for Moses. He said, Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I command you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, And when your herds and flocks multiply, and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Do you know the time that you and I are most likely to turn away from God? It's when our health is good. It's when our bank account is full. It's when everything at our work is going great. It is when our family is living in harmony. That's the time we are most likely to say, who really needs God? Everything's fine, just as it is. Well, David said in Psalm 119, 67, Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. You see, when David fell into sin with Bathsheba, it was when everything in the kingdom was going well. That's when he departed from God. It was only after he suffered the discipline of God that he fell in line and started walking with God. And I believe many, listen, many reasons, many times, the reason God turns our world upside down sometimes is to remind us that we are wholly dependent upon God. And then thirdly, it is marked by an improper view 
of others. That is depending on other people or other things to fill the place in our heart that only God can fill. You know, that's the essence of what idolatry is. Idolatry is loving someone or something else more than we love God. You know, if you look through the book of Deuteronomy, one thing you come away is, is there is one sin that God is absolutely certain to punish every time, and that is the sin of idolatry. God hates idolatry. God hates it. When we look to anyone or anything else to satisfy our need in life. Why is that? Because the Bible says our God is a jealous God. As Pascal, the philosopher, said, God has placed a God-shaped vacuum in every heart. And God knows that we will only truly be satisfied by Him. Guys, let's just call it what it is. We have tried so many things in our life to satisfy. And it's not satisfied. We've bought newer cars. we built bigger homes. we make more money. But I'm just telling you, the only thing that truly satisfied is Jesus and Jesus alone. And listen, and that's why he's jealous about anything or anyone else that attempts to replace him in our life. God loves you too much to allow you to get away with worshiping something that ultimately won't satisfy you. That's why God hates idolatry. One writer defines sin as the suicidal abandonment of joy. In Isaiah 12, 3, God says, Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Now, listen to this. We assassinate the deep-seated joy God has for each of us when we seek to draw life from the empty and the broken cisterns this world so readily offers us. But what is it that leads to God's blessing? Moses also shares with us the pathway to God's blessing in our life. Look again at verse 26 and 7 of Deuteronomy that we read earlier. See, I'm setting before you today a blessing and a curse. The blessing, if you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today. So let me ask you, do you want God's blessings in your life? Then listen to his commands. Now let me clarify what he means by listen. By listening, he's not talking about sitting here, allowing the words of a pastor to go in your ear while you are thinking about this afternoon's football game. Amen? The word listen in Hebrew means to absorb with a goal of application. That's what he's talking about. Listening to the commands of God with a view to applying them. That's what I do here. I try to preach. I try to get you to go out and apply things. The word of God. The message. That's what he's talking about. Listening to the commands of God with a view of applying them. And if you turn back to chapter 10 of Deuteronomy verse 12. You'll get a clear idea of what Moses has in mind. He says, and now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? Well, what does God require? Here it is. But to fear the Lord your God, walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all of his ways. Moses says here 
are three things that God wants from you if you want to experience his blessings in your life. Number one, to fear God. To fear God. Proverbs 1.7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. In some texts, it says it's the beginning of wisdom. That's the theme verse of the college that I went to. Now, what does it mean to fear God? Well, you know, people, I think, try to soften that word. Uh, they say, well, it, it really means just, uh, you know, to be afraid of God. It means to have a, you know, a re- just a kind of a reverent respect of God. It means to be and all of God, but it doesn't mean to be afraid of God. I mean, no, listen, fear means fear. To fear God means to be afraid of God. Specifically, it means to be afraid of the consequences of disobeying God. The fear of God, a healthy respect for the holiness of God, is impartiality is the beginning place of all wisdom and wise living. He says we need to fear God. God really does mean what he says. I am a jealous God. I don't want any more gods, anything before me. But secondly, he says to walk in all of his ways. Not some of his ways, but all of his ways. If you want God's blessing in your life, it means obeying God in every part of your life, not just select parts of your life. But in all parts of your life. Let's do an inventory this morning. Okay, are you obeying God in every part of your life? What about your moral life? Are there any secret sexual sins in your life that if they were portrayed on this giant screen before the whole congregation, you'd be ashamed for anyone to see? What about your family life? Are you treating your mate, the way God says you should? Children, are you obeying your parents, as the Ten Commandments says? Parents, are you provoking your children to wrath that we're not supposed to do? Are you obeying God in your work? Are you seeing your work as an assignment from God, and you're doing it enthusiastically and wholeheartedly, or are you just trying to get by? What about your business dealing? What about any dishonesty there in the way you're treating other people or even the government? What about your spiritual life? Are you tithing as God has commanded you to or are you doing the opposite thing? Are you robbing God? Are you spending time with God, learning to know Him more or can you go days, weeks, even months without opening the Word of God? Are you talking with God? Are you in communication with God? If you want God's blessings in your life, Moses says you need to walk with God and obey Him with all of your life. Thirdly, what's the key to God's blessing? Here it is. To love God and to serve Him with all of your heart. You see, Moses added this phrase to remind Israel That their obedience to God was not just out of some cold legalistic requirement. It wasn't even just out of the fear of the consequences of disobeying God. Ultimately, our disobeying to God, being disobedient to God, is based on our love for God. Listen, our obedience to God, our obedience to God is based on our love for God. Our appreciation for all He's done for us. And God says the same thing to us today. 
Just think about all the things that God has done for you. Has God done anything for any of you? I want to see your hand. Any of you. Amen. We all agree, right? And God says, listen, when you and I were dead in our trespasses in sin, headed for an eternal separation from God, God, for no other reason than his great love, he reached down and picked us up. Amen. He saved you by the death of his son. He indwelled you with the Holy Spirit of God. He has given you numerous and undeserved blessings every day of your life. So out of gratitude for everything that God has done for you, you should wholeheartedly want to obey him. That's the pathway that leads to God's blessing. So what are some new choices you need to make this new year starting today? Is it to be a better spouse, husbands, to love your wife as Christ loved the church, children, to really obey your parents and not wait till they get 50 or 60 or you get 40 or 50 and realize mom and dad wasn't that stupid after all? Huh? How many of you really go to work and give it all? Do you work, do your work unto the Lord? It's a difference, isn't it? What is it? Do you need a new attitude adjustment? Do you just need to be or more obedient? Do you need to let God, do you need to dust off the Bible? Do you just need to be communicating to God more? I don't know what it is. But I'm telling you guys, we have a lot of things that God wants to do in all of our lives. And I know this year that God wants to do incredible things in our church. And I believe it's going to be far better than we could ever imagine. And his word talks about that. Robin, as you come and we get ready for our invitation. Today, as always, we, we have our altar here. And our pastors would love to pray with you if you need it. But maybe today you just want to come and just make some new resolutions to the Lord. And just really say... Whatever it is to God. Many of you in here today, you, 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 maybe you're, you're, you're having tests this next week or next month. Some of you have a disease and God hasn't healed it yet. But maybe you want God to heal you. Well, he's still in the miracle business. Some of you here today, maybe financially, you need God to help you. And he will do that. Why don't you just come today, just pour out your heart. Just be honest to God. Maybe some of you here today, you do not know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And today needs to be that day. Let's pray together. Father, today, my prayer is that all of us would push away anything that we love more than you. That, Father, we would put any of the idolatry out of our lives and realize that you are a jealous God. That, God, you are jealous for us. Lord, you love us more than we could ever, ever imagine. So God, today, I pray that some of us in this place today would make some new choices. God, maybe the most important choice today for someone is to make the choice to follow you as Savior and Lord. And God, I pray for them today. So Lord, whatever it may be today, I pray that God, you would direct them to do it. I ask all this in your precious name. Amen. 
Thanks for listening to the Lima Baptist Temple podcast. We hope you are encouraged today, and we would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, a topic you would like to discuss, or want to share what God is doing in your life, visit us online at limabaptisttemple.org forward slash central hub.